the purpose of, of Christ's presence here on earth and, and specifically the ways that he brings healing into our relationships. And today we're going to talk about the healing he brings into our relationships with one another. As we begin, I want you to stop and I want you to think about just, just one or two of the relationships you have that are, that are strained, uh, that are awkward, uncomfortable, uh, one or two of the relationships in your life that, that, that you can feel and experience that brokenness. What would it be? What would it be like to have peace in that relationship? What would it be like to, to have that relationship get back to a healthy place, get back stronger than where it used to be? What would it be like for the, the peace of Christ to be present between you and this other person? And what does it take to, to have that happen? What, what steps what steps lead to that peace? Our passage today comes from Luke chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 14. Uh, last week's passage is one that's almost never used, uh, especially for Advent. This year, or this week, we're going to read something that I think is read in about every church, uh, about every year. Uh, as we read through this, I want you to pay attention to uh, the theme of peace. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Judea, from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. As Luke begins this passage, he begins by highlighting a few of the other rulers that are on the scene at this point. And, and first and foremost among them is Caesar Augustus. And this week as I've, I've gone back and I've, I've learned more about Caesar Augustus and I've started to recall things from history class a long time ago, he is, in, in most people's estimation, he is the most important, the most influential, the most powerful Roman governor, Roman Caesar, at least up to that point. And the thing he's most widely known for is that he was the one who instituted the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. Before that, 
within the empire, within, within this, this area at least, peace was not the norm. You know, we have this, this idea that, that peace is the baseline. Peace is where things usually are, and then every once in a while there's a war. Before Augustus, before Augustus, in his region, in his place, peace was that brief window between civil war, between infighting. Because the way it would work there was as soon as you saw an advantage where you could, you could gain something by attacking your neighbor, as soon as you could, could get more money, get more land, get more power, if you had the opportunity, you would take it. And so that, that empire was, was just devastated by the fact that, that time after time after time they would break out into civil war or there would be little side arguments and conflicts going on. Augustus came in and he saw how destructive this was and, and his, uh, his solution was to bring peace. But the peace of Augustus is different than the peace of Christ. The, the Pax Romana is, is not what it is that, that actually long-term works. It doesn't bring healing. It doesn't bring reconciliation. It doesn't bring true peace. The Pax Romana, just to really, really simplify things, happened in two ways. The first way was that if you lived on the border of the Roman Empire and you posed a threat or they thought that you might attack them at some point, they would attack you and they would wipe you out. Peace would be brought on the edges of the Roman Empire basically through victory, through conquest, by making sure that there was no way that you even had the means or the opportunity to disturb the peace anymore. They found peace among their neighbors through victory. And within, within the Roman Empire, he stopped the civil war, the infighting, by showing them just how, how prosperous they could be if they would stop all the bickering among themselves. He appealed instead to their own self-interests. And so he had these, these lavish parades, these lavish festivals, these, these shows of just wealth and opulence for, for what would happen to you if, if you could just get along, it would be better off for you. And so the peace of Caesar came through victory and it came through selfishness. But for 200 years, for 200 years, there was almost no war. For 200 years, there was, there was, at, least, there was at least a minimum of fighting once they'd conquered you. The contrast that Luke draws here by pointing out that this happens in the days of Caesar Augustus, who, who even in his lifetime was known for the peace that he brought. They think Jesus was born when he was toward the end of his life, toward the end of his rule, and certainly by the time Luke wrote this book down, he was known for the fact that, that he brought peace to the empire. The people who read this at first, when they hear Caesar Augustus, they think Pax Romana, they think this peace that he brought to them, and the contrast between Caesar in the beginning and a baby who's, who's wrapped in clothes and laid in a manger and who, when he's born, the angels appear in the sky and they sing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Not, not the peace of Caesar. Not the peace of Caesar. The peace of Christ 
comes differently. If we think about his example, his life, the, the peace that, that, that God gives, we see that it doesn't happen through victory. Too often in our relationships, those, those people that we're thinking about from earlier, too often we think peace is going to come by, by me winning the argument, right? If, if I could just win, if I could just, if I could just win, everything would be calm, right? Everything would be peaceful. Has winning the argument ever brought peace in anyone's relationship here? Anyone? Has it, has it, ever, has it ever smoothed things over if you win? It hasn't worked for me, and I don't win much. I had three younger sisters. Winning does not bring peace. It can occasionally bring, bring the absence of, of conflict, but it doesn't bring peace. You can win an argument. You can, you can win whatever it is that you're, that you're fighting about. You can win whatever the conflict is, and you still feel uncomfortable if you pass that person in the grocery store, right? That's not healing. That's not, that's not real peace. That's not reconciliation. The peace of Christ, the example that we see from from a God, from a, from a king who's, who's born in an out-of-way city, in a, in a stable. The peace we see from him isn't peace through victory the way we define it. It's peace through someone who's willing to take that first step. What we see, what we see in the teachings of the Bible is that instead of victory, peace comes by being willing to admit our problems in the situation to be able to apologize for, for the ways that we have contributed to this, right? To take that first step, like God took the first step in, in coming down here to us on earth, and to be able to say, you know, here's what I did to make this worse. Here's how, here's how I messed things up, and I apologize for that, and I take responsibility for that. Not by, not by never admitting defeat, not by, not by pushing, pushing, pushing until we win, but by being willing to be that person, being willing to be the one who is submissive, who acknowledges the places that we've contributed to this. You see the peace of Caesar coming through, through selfishness, through getting everything that we want, right? Sometimes we think that that's how our relationships will, will be made better. If I could just get everything that I want from this person, if this person would only just, just exist to build me up, right, to make me feel better, to, to do whatever it is that I wanted in the first place. We think that, that getting our own selfish ends is, is the way to find peace. That doesn't bring healing to a relationship. To be that, that, that one-sided conversation where it's, where it's all flowing in one direction, that never brings peace. The peace we see in Christ is the peace where, where he's willing to give himself up for other people. What would it look like in our relationships? What would it look like in our relationships with our, with our parents, with our children, with our brothers and sisters, our, our husbands, our wives, our classmates, roommates, friends, coworkers, neighbors? You know, what would it look like in, in those relationships if, if both people thought of themselves as existing to lift up the other one, to encourage or support the other person? What would it be like if, 
if, if I actually was willing to submit myself, to, to lift someone else up, to give up myself for that person, and they were willing to do the same for me. Can you see how that would change the way that we relate to one another? I mean, that's, that's counterintuitive for us. We don't do that on our own, do we? On my own, I, I, don't, I don't just enter into a, a friendship with someone else to try and, and help them. No, that, that's not my default. That's not, that's not where I start out. How can, we, how can we find this peace in our relationships with other people? You know, the angel said it too. It's, it's peace on earth to those on whom the favor of God rests. We know that it's only through the grace of God that we're able to do this because we can't do that on our own. You know, we think the favor of God rests on a few just, just one or two people. But yet when the angels are singing, it's, it's good news of great joy that's for all the people. This is, this is something available to everyone, this, this grace of God that, that enables us to, to do the difficult things that actually bring us peace, that actually heal a relationship, that don't just, don't just bring calm, don't just bring the absence of warfare, but actually bring peace to the point where, where I can get along with someone else, to the point where, I, where I've repaired that relationship and I, I see that there's not just the absence of conflict, but there's genuine love there. Where the relationship is, is what it's supposed to be again, right? It's through the grace of God that we're able to do the, the, the difficult work of, of forgiving someone else, of being willing to, to accept forgiveness from someone else. It's not easy, it's not, it's not a simple one, two, three solution, but it's the grace of God that enables us to do those, those difficult, challenging, beautiful, real, transforming things that, that lead to actual peace in our relationships with one another. We find peace, we find peace in following the example of Christ. It's the peace of Christ through the grace of God the Father, with the working of the Spirit in our lives. What a gift that would be this Christmas time. You know, if all those, those awkward conversations that we dread around the, the family table, if all those, those things that we're just nervous about bumping into, and who do I send a Christmas card to, and who do I not send a Christmas card, what would it be like if, if we had peace in all of those relationships? What would it be like if we had that kind of peace on earth? God, we pray for peace. We pray for peace that's, that's real and honest. We pray for peace that's, that's not based on our own winning, on, on getting whatever it is we want. We pray for a peace that follows the example of Christ who's willing to give himself up because he cares for the other person. A, a peace that's born in your grace. A peace that's born in the love that you give us for one another. Lord, we all have those relationships that are strained, that are breaking, that are broken. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace into those relationships, that you would bring peace into our lives, that you would bring not just, not just calm, that you would bring real and deep and meaningful reconciliation. God, we know that we can't do this on our own. We've, we've tried. We pray. 
uh, that you would give us the strength and you would give us the guidance to be people uh, who follow the example of your son. Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, help us to anticipate the coming of Christ uh, this Advent season and the coming of Christ in our lives as we seek to live in, in love and harmony with one another. Amen.